Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Justin, Virgin Bat Evangelista. You know what it is. It's me, boys yeah. and girls. Say yes, what? yes. No Dave Burles Berlin. I know, gang. Hmm. He's out. Apparently, his job that actually pays bills came before this one. I don't know. That sounds dumb, yes. right? Busy B. Busy B. So dumb. But don't worry. Idiot. Don't what? worry, listeners, because I'm going to put my voice all inside of Justin on this show. Wait, yeah. what? Wow. That's right. That's where you want it. Yeah. I'm going to put it all up in you, Justin. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a fantastic show. I've got a fantastic show lined up. Me and Justin, we're going to take it back once again to the old days of just me and the Verge going, going, going deuces. All right. Going toe to toe, head to head. We've got shoulder to shoulder. All body parts. Um, You know it. (laughs) We've got Tyson Mead on the show, the godfather of grunge and alt. Alt Rock says Spin Magazine. He's coming out with a new album. It's called Robbing the Nuclear Family. I'm very, very excited about talking to him. It's going to be a good convo. Can't wait. But Justin, I've got, I've got a conundrum. Hmm. What's up, man? I've been a part of some things this week. Um, they've confused me a little bit. Human behavior. It's confused me, and I'm going to say. It's grossed me out, and I got. I, I think we need to talk about it. Uh, okay, um, hit me, Justin. I went into a public bathroom this this week. Word. Uh, right. And I decided I was. I needed to use uh, a urinal, and so I was using a urinal. And as I was using the urinal, I started to smell something, something funky. And I know what you're thinking. It's a bathroom. Of course you're going to smell something funky. That's a fact. But this was not the type of funky I was smelling. There was a pervasive food smell to this. Wait, what? Huh. And because there was a pervasive food smell, it was almost even more sickening, you know? That's right. Because I was smelling. I was like, what the... This doesn't go in the bathroom? Nope. What is this? And I was so confused, right? And yeah. and that's when I looked down at the bottom of the stalls, and there was a gentleman occupying one of the stalls, and as he occupied the stall, he had a bag of Chick Fil A on the ground. Ew, dude, what are you doing? That's gross and unsanitary. Right yes! now, I understand because I'm sure there's going to be some detractors out there, some listeners that are like, "Hey, hey." Your food is in a bag. Nope. No. It doesn't matter. I, yeah, exactly. It is gross. Yes! Your chicken. Your ch- germs can penetrate. Your chicken your sandwich that you're getting ready to ingest should never be that close to the floor of a public bathroom. Nope. 
I feel you. I 100% agree with you. Plus, your chicken sandwich doesn't want to watch you handle your bathroom business. Nope. That's obscene. It sees what's going on, and it's like, whoa, I don't want to be in your stomach later because of what's going down right. I see what is going to happen to me, and I don't want that to happen to me. You're, You're disgruntling your sandwich in there. It's disgusting. Thank you. Justin, I was disgusted by this, so I left the bathroom. And and I thought you should. I thought I thought my coworkers should know. That's right. So I told one of my coworkers the atrocities that were happening in this bathroom, and my coworker was like, "Oh, that's nothing. You know what? I saw a guy walk in the bathroom using the urinal, and before he started using the urinal, he put his book bag under the urinal. Huh? Why under, dude? He placed that is the drop zone. Exactly. Like I had. That is the drop zone. That is the... Mm. What is that? The well, I've, splash zone. Yeah. Damn, yeah. I feel like this gentleman thought there was some kind of accuracy standards that people had to meet before you use a urinal, and there aren't. Nope. There are no accuracy standards. That... Uh. That urinal, I mean, his book bag is under, has seen more missed shots than a person watching Shaq practice foul shots. That's that's how many missed shots have gone on. His book bag is going to smell like asparagus and a parking garage stairwell from now on. I feel like I can smell it. I feel like I can see it. I know. Like it adds that sheen, that oil to the floor. Yes. He's going to be in his his dorm room at some point, and his his roommate's going to be like, hey, why does our our room smell like a a parking garage stairwell? And he's going to be like, Like, oh, oh, it's just just my book bag. Don't worry about it. What? Just. Gross, man. Why would you put it there? Hmm. Why don't you just keep it on your back? Bath yeah, exactly. Exactly. You don't need to take it off. It's not that heavy. What does he have in there? Dumbbells? Come on. Maybe. I came to the conclusion, Justin, that sometimes we don't make the best decisions regarding our behavior. That's a fact. We don't. For instance, the people that decided to listen to the show today, not that good of a decision. Hmm. <laughs> They're probably already oh. regretting it. They're like, why? It's because Dave's not here. They're like, why did I start listening to this show where the host and the co-hosts only talk about what people are doing in the bathroom? It's pretty weird. It's gross. Because you love it. I do. Yeah. I'm fascinated by their bad decisions. But you know what? Should we get this bad decision fired up? Should we? Should we do get, it? Get it going. Let's get it going. Yeah. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Let's do it. Oh, my God. It's a good show. That's right. And like I promised, I'm getting all up in Justin with my voice. I'm getting all up in you, the listener, with my voice. It's coming up in your eardrums, and it's going all through you. All through your... protection. All through your innards. Okay. Hey. Great show. All kinds of good things going on. Tyson Mead, I've got a new segment, Justin. A new segment. Wait, what? Wow. Cr- I get to. I get to. Is I've never. That's right. Never used it. Nope. That's right. This is completely just like when we fired up. Why would you review that for the first time? This is a new one. This one's much. This is this is scary. This is much faster though. But first, we start where we always start. Birthday suit. Birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Uh, Justin, this is a very uh, famous birthday suit. I'll go ahead and lay that one out there right now. Yes! Um, 
born in Newark, New Jersey, on March 6, 1972. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer didn't have a relationship with his biological father. Instead, he was raised by his stepfather, Philip Harrison. So true. Philip Harrison, a career uh, army sergeant. Because of his stepdad's job, his family moved around. He moved to San Antonio, Texas. Our birthday suit wearer started playing at Robert G. Cole High School in San Antonio, Texas. That's right. He played basketball. Our birthday suit wearer led that team in his high school to a 68-1 and record while he was there. Our student, uh, our student, what? our birthday suit wearer earned a scholarship to LSU where he played three seasons for the LSU Tigers. In 92, he was drafted number one by the Orlando Shaq. Magic. Shaq. Shaquille. Shaquille. Wow, and you mentioned him oh, earlier. Was that, yeah. that was. You, it was a little it on purpose? It was a Freudian slip. I just put it in there, man. Oh, I put dude. it in there. Yes. Nice. Wait, what? Shaquille O'Neal, four-time NBA champion, three-time finals MVP, one-time MVP, 15-time All-Star, an Olympic gold medal winner, and former teammate to one Wade County Justin Evangelista's favorite player. Yes, indeed. That was a... that was th- th- those are some good seasons. Were those were those some of your favorites? The 06, the yeah, the- 06 was was my favorite. Um, I liked I liked uh, well, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about Wade. It's Shaquille's uh, birthday. Yeah, so. yeah, well, he can he can live it up. He always lives yeah. it up. He's always having a good time. But yeah, him. when that trade happened for uh, Shaq, where we gave up like Lamar, Karan, Butler, it was a real Brian smart trade. It's a real smart trade. Very, very smart, man. That's why they call Pat Riley the godfather. Well, and you know... Yeah, like he just brought so much energy to the city. Shaq wanted to get out. He wanted to prove something. He was going to win a championship. And he did. And then and he did. And then a little later, Kobe did, too. So, you know, they b- were both proved right. Yes! It worked out True. for both. N- nonetheless, happy birthday, Shaq Diesel. Happy. He's a sheriff, too. He is a sheriff. I don't think he does much with that, but nope. he was... I, <laughs> doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really seem like. I think that was just more a name, mainly. But nonetheless, anyways, he is uh, turning, what is that? Seven, uh, 47. 47. 47. Big four seven. Happy birthday, Big Shaq. Yes, indeed. Seven one four hundred 400-ish nice, pounds. Nice. My God. Well, he was around that at one time when he ballooned up. Can you take Now him? he's back. No, no way. No way. He could smash me with two fingers. Yes! Uh, Same. Nonetheless, are you ready, Justin, for some headlines? Yeah, let's rip something. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. There we go. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start off with that we've got a problem in India. Hmm. I know what you're thinking. There's, there's There's some tension between Pakistan and India. No, that is not what I'm talking about. We've got okay. we've got a What's problem with opium poppy farmers in India. Oh wow, wow, okay. I know what you're thinking. Drug thieves, pirates. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Not well, sort of. Uh, parrots. Hmm. What? Parrots. Yes! Yeah. Parrots are yeah. they getting into the opium supply? Yes. Apparently wow. in. And why only parrots? <laughs> apparently in Nemuch District. Nemuch. It's a cool district. 
but obviously not as cool as the Central, the Central District. District. Yes, of Hong yes, Kong. Dude. Give it yes, up. Dude. Coolest district. Dude, you just keep putting these little sli- shout these shout-outs. Out. Hey, man. they know they're the coolest. You're the coolest Central District of Hong Kong. That's right. Give it up. Kudos to you, Central. Anyways, Nemuch District, which is a cool district in India, uh, they've got a problem with their opium farmers. Apparently, their opium farmers' farms are being raided by opium-addicted parrots. Mm, yes. Wow. Yes. Apparently... These parrots are so addicted, they will swoop down 25 to 40 times a day to re-up their dose. Wait, yeah. what? Jeez. Yeah, and they're not, they're not dissuaded by gunmen. Gunmen will fire off guns, and they're like, screw it. I'm going after my opium. I need what? it. Wow. I need it. Uh, so one of the farmers said, usually the parrots uh, used to make a sound when in a group. Uh, but these birds, they've become smart, so they, they don't make any noise when they swoop in the fields. The birds start chirping only when they're flying away with the opium pods. Jeez. Yeah. Ninja parrots. Ninja That's crazy, parrots. man. You got to watch out, man. Opium fiending parrots. It's a, it's, a, it's a problem. Them and Someone put an intervention on these birds. Guard llamas and ninja parrots. I don't know wow, who we need to... Wow, yes, the w- guard llamas. Watch out for more. Uh, they should put guard llamas in the oh, open fields. Oh, nice call. <coughs> nice right? call. Right? That obviously... I'm going to make a call to Nemuch District and let them know about some guard llamas. I'd say... Yeah, there's some llamas running around India somewhere. Hmm. They have llamas. Nope. Llamas are native like to South America, right? Yes. They're native to South. I America. thought alpacas were. Alpacas, yeah. Hmm. Gonna have to check. Who with knows? Somebody. We need to do research on that. We're someone. Gonna, I'm someone gonna, in the back. Don't worry. I need someone we'll, to do that. We'll Google it. Our team of of producers <laughs> will Google it. Nope. Um. Okay. Uh. Justin, have you ever been on probation? By the state no, of Florida. Good for you. Oh, no, come on, dude. Good for you. Apparently, it's a big hassle. Yes! It's a pretty big hassle. Um, I wouldn't know. Well, James Justin the Second, Justice. Whoa. James Justice the oh, wow. Second, ironic okay. name, of uh, West Virginia. He was on probation. Uh, and apparently, he was on probation for a burglary conviction. Yeah. But, okay. you know, he'd had enough. He'd had enough of his probation. So, he decided... It's time to make this probation disappear. Um, he thought up an ingenious plan to get out of probation. He sent a pardoning letter from the governor to his probation office saying, Don't worry, James Justice completely cleared of all of his crimes and of probation. Hmm. Yeah, now there was a minor glitch in his plan. Um, he didn't spell check his fake letter. Yeah. Yeah, he misspelled West Virginia in the letterhead of mm, his letter. What? How do you misspell that? <laughs> and then he he uh, evidently forgot to put the governor's phone number as well when he originally printed it. So he just wrote it in ballpoint pen mm. on <laughs> the letter. You got to do what you got to do, man. Surprisingly, the probation officer said, I, I don't think this is real. Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna call the governor's office, <laughs> and the governor's office said, "Yeah, we didn't write that." Man, Girl, come on. I thought the plan was gonna work out. It did not. 
It did not. Sorry. So James Spell is... West Virginia right next time. James is baby. now charged with uh, fraud as well. Not not a good one to add to Idiot. your... Yeah. Sorry, James. You Justice was served. Booyah! Wow, yes. Justice was served. No, oh, he was served another another sentence. Ouch. Yeah, some more. Yeah. Ooh, Ouch. Okay. I'm sorry. I truly feel for you, Justice. Keep Just come come up with a better plan next time. Justin, I saw a video on CNN that will haunt my nightmares for years to come. Yes. This is worse than guard llamas. This was worse than opium-addicted parrots. I saw a spider eating a possum. What? Dude, that's scary as heck. I repeat, listeners, an opossum being eaten by a spider. Ew. Like, what size, what was the size of the spider? This spider spider was bigger than a dinner plate. Jeez. This thing was bigger than your effing hand, man. We're all screwed. I don't care what kind of guard llama you have. A plate-sized spider is definitely more frightening. Yes! That is pretty scary, man. uh, Spiders, yeah. Yeah, they gross me out. And when they're a plate size, that's really gross. That's really gross. Stop. I haven't even eaten yet. I I want to eat after this. Apparently, so there were some some researchers that go down to Peru, and they want to look at how small mammals, uh, predatory small mammals, act at night, right? So So they put cameras all around, and apparently on one of these cameras, they caught a massive... Tarantula hauling off a possum. Jeez. This is crazy, man. Yeah. And then this is what one of the researchers said. Uh, that's the kind of thing that if somebody was like, wow, I just saw this, everybody in our research team would immediately said, where? And they would just want to go out to hike in the middle of the rainforest in the middle of the night to go see it. <laughs> nope. No. No, I would not. That's I would say, right. where is that spider? And let me run in the opposite direction as fast as possible. That's a fact. I never want to be you anywhere get away from that, in the vicinity of that is worse than arachnophobia, man. And you don't even know how many other spiders of that size Jesus, or greater are out man. there. Come on now. Big enough to carry off a possum. All right, Justin. Let's get away yo, from yo. that scary headline. Are you ready for that an is scary. actual headline? Hmm. All right, hit me. Now, I want you to just digest with me, if you will, the phrasing of their headline. Digest it like that spider digested that possum? Apparently, Ew. I think it just drank its blood. Gross. Oh, Ew. my God. Uh, this is from the New York Post. So, once again, I say pay special attention to the phrasing. And then let let the listener digest. Quote, how Patriots owner Robert Kraft could get off in prostitution case. Wait, what? (laughs) I repeat, how Patriots owner Robert Kraft could get off in prostitution case. Hmm. Answer, one massage. (laughs) <laughs> Bading, I like it, there. Justin. I like it. We'll leave it there, uh, Justin. 
Do you get yo yo? Do you get nervous when you fly? Hmm. No, I'm not. I'm not. So okay. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. After the terror attacks, yes, but now not really. Yeah, yeah. Is it, that weird? No, Is that weird yeah. that I just mentioned that? No, I understand. But I mean, you know, some people without the terror attacks, just the the daunting nature. You know, you're thirty thousand no. feet up there in the air. Lots of things. My could, sister's fiance is like that. He is such a chicken. He's really freaked out by it, huh? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I don't get, I don't really get nervous. I sort of just forget about it. Like you start flying, I'm like, whatever. It's just sort of like a car uh, trip. But I understand people getting nervous. Um, most of the time, you would think, like, you know, to address these fears, maybe you would, you'd pray. Maybe you would. You, yeah. you would talk to your, your neighbor on the plane. Maybe you'd even ask the airline about some kind of, like, safety inspection, right? Mm. These sound like reasonable options. Um, how do you think, on the level of reasonable options, uh, throwing coins into the engine of the plane <laughs> for good what? luck would be as far as reasonable options? What? Yeah, you're an idiot, dude. A That's apparently, what? this is an issue in China. Wow. Apparently, what are you doing? a passenger boarding the very ironically named Lucky Air Flight. Hmm. Their brand is Lucky. Um, very ironic. Apparently, a passenger decided the best way to garner some luck before getting on the plane was to throw two coins into the engine of the plane while he was walking on board the plane. Now, what is wrong with you? What the the newspaper article didn't uh, outline for me was how they noticed like him throwing these coins in the engine. Was it literally like the flight attendant was just standing there at the door and this guy's like, "Wee!" and they're like, here, here. "Wait, wait, <laughs> did you just throw two coins in?" The yeah, it's good luck. What the wrong with you no it's not good luck i wonder how he threw him i wonder yeah, uh, if he was facing the engine or he had his had his back towards it like that fountain in or, Italy, or just looked yeah. at it and was like kobe Bloosh, there Take we this. go okay. nice <laughs> kobe <laughs> just Blam. i mean so like come on think about it dude even, think about your decisions even more surprisingly though this isn't the first time this has happened this has happened two other times who the thinks this is a good idea they're like you know i have no idea you know what would help a moving engine little metal pieces just flying little around in there pieces, yeah that'd really help <laughs> yeah. it run smooth let's try that out so dumb so so dumb guys um all right uh justin if you were to rank bad jobs uh i think public school bus driver it'd be pretty high on the list right uh, yeah yeah I've, I've met some bus drivers in my uh, during my school years i mean like that have enjoyed their job well i mean think but, about it though you yeah. know i mean you got to take kids all day you basically have no authority over them like they know like you don't really i mean you can tell on them once you get to school but that may not do anything like you, no one thanks you for arriving to your destination safely nope like no one's like oh thanks for another good bus uh no they're like they just get off they throw gum on your seat oh, it's no on. good it's no good at all it's a horrible job right Anyways, apparently Lori Ann Mankos, 
she'd had enough of this job as well. She'd had enough of this job. So Lori drives a bus in Pennsylvania. And she was driving uh, the students home this past Friday. And the students, they apparently, they were really digging into her. They were like making fun of her while she was driving. Well, that's and they yeah, were they were te- I never made fun of my bus driver. They, well, neither did I, because nope. I knew their their job wasn't the best, right? And uh, and apparently they're telling her that she should just stop driving. She was so bad, she was horrible. They should just get off. She should just Jeez, stop what's driving. What's wrong with you? She is doing you a favor and bringing you home. So she pulled into a gas station. She took their advice. She got off the bus. She went into the gas station. Handed the gas station employee the keys and walked off. Yes. Just left the bus there. So probably not the best way to handle now, that. Now you know I give Lori an A plus on calling the students bluff. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now there, there there is a downside of causing the students bluff. Apparently she's charged with twenty six counts of endangering the welfare of children. Hmm. And, and one count of DUI. Hmm. Oh, so let's recap. Wow, so she was under the influence. Yeah, so let's recap. Good bluff call, bad being drunk, and abandoning students. That that's. Well, I mean, at least the students weren't wrong that she's driving. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. She was on, on yeah, I mean, I may, I don't know. I don't know if they saw her drinking or not. Because if they saw her drinking or not, it's a good thing they were saying, "Hey, stop driving." <laughs> if they yeah, were, if they true. were just going on on hunch. On, on a feel, then maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, here we go. <coughs> Justin, it's time for a would you rather. Sweet. Here we go. All right. Okay, so would you rather take on a gang of hungry, opium-fiending parrots hmm. or one possum-killing spider? Nope. <sighs> I don't know. The parrots are dangerous, man. They're not even scared of guns. That's true. Guns and people shooting at them. That's true. But you know I'm how creepy as... that spider would be? Yes! You know how creepy know. that thing would be, man? You had to get into a, a ring with that thing, nope. and it rears <sighs> up with those scary fangs, man? No, thank you. Those ten eyes? Ew. Jesus. Don't want that thing coming at yeah. me. But then again, you know what? I'll go with beaks. the I'll go with the parrots. Okay, okay. I'll go with the parrots. You know why? I, because I didn't say they're gonna how get many. drugged up anyways. That's and true. Like, Good over call. time. So true. If you had yes. enough opium, you could just they would just pass out. Yeah, they just pass out. Overdose. Nice. And I they're like not attacking it. the people. They just they want just want the opium. If you drugs. got enough opium, <laughs> just throw it at them. That's true. Very I'll just throw some lemon poppy seed muffins out. Good them. call, Justin. Way to think it through. Way to Come think it through. All right. You helped me. You helped we, me. We worked through the critical thinking analysis. I like it. You know it. Uh, Justin, we're going to take a break, man. We're going to take a break, and we're going to take a, a we're gonna take a trip in the Wayback Machine. We're going to take a trip in the Wayback Machine to win our guest, Tyson Mead. He was the lead singer of the Chainsaw Kittens. Oh my God! Yeah, we're gonna hear two classics here from the Chainsaw Kittens right here on the Doc G Show.
This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. And we are back right here on the Doc G Show. Yes! Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Justin! Hmm. Check out the podcast and also check out the website. I gotta do Dave's part. He's not here. It's true. Both need to be checked out. Big news on that front, by the way. Um, What? This next show, when we put this show that we're doing right now on the uh, website, that'll make a hundred shows on the website. A hundred wow. shows. Yes. When did we do something special? I don't know, because we're lazy. So That's basically true. It. Yeah. yeah. We we didn't. Our producers, they s- Come on. Jeez. Someone in the back needs to do something. People in the back do things. There are no Remind people. us. They're not. They're no. They're, they don't care. Anyways, <sighs> you just heard some chainsaw kittens. That was Ballad of Newsman or a Newsman 5 and Tongue Trick by... Tongue Trick. That's huh? right. Chainsaw Kittens. Tyson Mead leads singing. He will be on the show in just a little bit. But right now, Justin, it's time. That's right. Is it? Is it? Sh- is this it? Shout out time. Shout out. First shout outs. First shout outs. Where are we going? First, Fort Benning, Georgia. Shout out right up the road. Where? Fort shout Benning, out. Georgia. Oh, nice. Right up the road from us. Hello. Yes. Next, Marysville, Washington. Shout out. No, Marysville. Yes, Marysville. Hopefully full of Marys. We know a nice Mary or two. Maybe some Vils. Maybe some Vils. Full of Vils. What? Uh, Marengus. Marengus, France. Yes. You love it. Marengus. Yes. Yes. I don't think Thank I'm... Thank you. I don't think I'm giving... Bonjour. I don't think I'm giving it its French pronunciation. Nope. I don't think I'm doing it right, but... Is it like a meringue? I think they really don't pronounce the G. I think it's like meringues. 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 I think it's like that. Bonjour. Bonjour anyways. I am... So Parlez-vous français? I am so not good at France. Wait, what? France. I'm so not good at French, yeah. man. I'm horrible at it. You just said it. it. <laughs> I'm horrible You just at proved it. it. I know, right? I can't even say French. I'm sad. Nope. Uh... Shout out to Winter Garden, Florida. Shout out. Wow. Yeah. Just a little bit down south. Right down the way, man. One that we have on here a lot, Kosha, Brazil. Shout out. Oh, Brazil. Yes. Hello, Brazil. Indeed. Shout out to Evansville, Indiana. Shout out. Yo, yo, yo. I think they're famous for something. Hmm. Can't think of what Evansville is famous for. For some reason, I just want to say Evansville hot dog. Yeah, I think it's because it's sort of close to Johnsonville. So you're like, yeah, that's close enough. Let's go with Evansville. Uh, Do it. Lastly, shout out to Giza, Egypt. Shout out. Wow. Yeah. Walk like Egyptian. I'm, I'm hoping it's just some folks hanging out at the ancient pyramids just listening to us. while Yeah, they, at the top of them. Right? Sweet. Just announce it. Just 
shouting us out over the whole land, ancient Egypt. Let's do it. I'm sure they're not, nope. but regardless, thank you for I all the listens. they are. And listen to the hundred episodes that are there. Yes. All kinds of good. Over a hundred hours. It's like 130 Ooh. hours, probably. Jeez. Nonetheless, Justin, are you ready? Birthday suit number two. Hmm. Let's make it. Let's do it. Okay, this one's got to be... This is the hardest of them all, I, I would say. Wow, and you put them in the middle? Yeah, a little like, you know, it's sort of like uh, doing a track uh, relay team. You put your slowest guy in the middle, you know? Oh, okay. Put your okay. two fastest, the anchor and the and the start-off leg, so, you know. Anyways, here we go. I like your methods. Born in Los Angeles, California, 1963, March 6th. Our, oh, crap. Our birthday suit wearer had a troubled youth. He was part of the Bloods Jeez. in California. Oh. Yeah. And he was expelled. We know we know a blood associate. Shout out to Quincy White. What up, Quincy? Um, nonetheless, he was expelled from San Pedro High School. Hmm. Um, but he eventually decided to quit gang life. Put it to the side. Quit gang life and get his GED. Yeah. Started working for a okay. Los Angeles okay. newspaper, and not long after that, he decided to try his hand at stand-up comedy. What? He ended up being the first host of the BET Comic View. Yes! And he is one of the original kings of comedy. He had his own show on CNN and a self-titled sitcom as well. Name that birthday suit where I'll give you a hint. He's probably the least celebrated uh, king of comedy and he's still alive. Hmm. Man. Yeah. Is no. it DL? There it is. DL. What? Usually. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Really? Indeed. Wow. That was like, that was like. When you said the le that's actually really bad. Well, I mean, I, he he probably knows. Like, I mean, the other guys, Steve Martin got really big. Wait, what? Uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Harvey, Har uh, Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah. Cedric. Not Steve Martin. Jesus, I meant Harvey. Steve Harvey. Good Steve Lord. Martin. You yes, didn't call. White guy. I was about to say you didn't call me out that I said a, a white guy that plays the banjo. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't so be sorry. more opposite of Steve Harvey there. But anyways, yes, yeah. So, I mean, I think he knows. I think DL knows. But he's, I like DL nonetheless. He's like the laid back king of comedy, you know? He was very laid yeah. back. Yes! And he, I like. He had a TV show, right? He had two. He had a, he had a self-titled. And then he, I mean, he hosted BET Comic View for a long time. Mm. Uh, that was before Kings of Comedy. And then he also had a CNN show. That only went for like a year. I like that show. I watched that a couple times. Really? Yeah, it was a pretty good show, but he only had it for like a year. Oh! Uh, nonetheless, uh, it, yeah. it, Happy birthday. I'm so sorry I, I uh, guessed you off of that hint. Hey, you, in our eyes, DL, you're the biggest. And obviously your shows have really towered over our show. So no need to feel bad, indeed. Um, 56... 56. Nice, nice. Yeah. Happy birthday, DL. Doesn't look 56. I'll definitely say that. I'll nope. definitely say yeah, yeah. that. He's young. He looks very young. Keeping his youth. And after a troubled What's youth the in, the, in the in the bloods, man. Jeez. Dude, yeah. A blood, a blood game. Crazy. Oh crazy. In the 80s, like in their height of, you know, craziness. 
Um, none the, anyways, 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 Justin, it is time to unveil a new Say what? segment. Let's do this thing, man. I want to, I want to know what this is all about. Justin, we, we as, uh, Americans, humans, really, we love quotes, right? People love... Yeah, yeah. People, I like me some quotes. That's people love throwing out quotes and then being like, boom, Mark Twain. Boom, Abraham Lincoln, you know? So I, yeah, I yeah. think we need a quote to take us the rest of the show. Yes! So I'm going to okay. start a segment called Choose Your Quote of the Day. Yes! So I'm going to give you three people... And you choose which person you want to do the quote for the day. And then I will give you a quote that this person has said. And that will be our quote of the day. Cool. Are you ready? Yeah. We've got Stephen Colbert. Hmm. Robin Williams. Hmm. And Bill Murray. Hmm. Three big hitters. Three big hitters. Your Ah. choice of who you want to hear their quote. And it will be our quote of the day. I want to go with Robin Williams. Oh, you picked my favorite, man. You picked my favorite. Here it is. The Robin Williams quote of the day. When in doubt, go for the joke. So true. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think I've seen that before. Yes, and it's so true. It is so true. Just ask. It is so true. When in doubt, go for the Joke. Get off. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. That is our Robin Williams quote. No doubt. I love it. You, I love it. No man. doubt. I like you, the segment. You folks listening uh, are wondering perhaps what is behind that bleep. Mm, you can you can dig if you want. You can dig if you want. Uh, nonetheless, Justin, we will be right back with none other than Tyson Mead right here on the Doc G Show. What's up, y'all? I'm Dalton. I'm Jake. I'm Trey. We are Lonely Highway, and you're listening to the Doc G Show. Come on. Welcome back to the show. We are very excited. Special guest. He has been called the godfather of alternative rock and grunge by Spin Magazine. He was the lead singer of Defenestration and the Chainsaw Kittens. He was a dean of students. He ran for a congressional seat. And luckily... He's with us today, Mr. Tyson Mead. Tyson, how's it going? Hmm. It's going great. Thanks for having me. This is this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Very exciting, man. You are re-releasing Robbing the Nuclear Family uh, March 22nd, which is very cool. We'll be getting to that in a little bit. But first off, I've always got to backtrack. I like to go through the full life. Let the listeners know the life you've lived up to this point because i gotta be honest it's a lot of life it's a a lot of stuff going on i'm exhausted just reading about everything you've done up to this point (laughs) a lot a lot of different a lot of different uh uh, pages and chapters of your life man that's a fact i you know it's been really exciting and i feel really lucky because you know, I I worked really hard uh, as a youngster, and I, I still feel like I, you know, I really work hard, but mm-hmm. 
just always anything, some, you know, I, I would just kind of open myself up to anything that came along. And, and things just kept coming along. As long, you know, especially in my older years, I, I'm very aware of my brand, of who I am and, yeah. and what I am. And, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to sully that at all. Yeah. But I, if I can, if I have an opportunity to do something like, and I don't want to jump ahead, but, <laughs> but like go to China yeah. for a while and, and live there and, and run a boarding school, then, okay, why not do it? <laughs> Might as well take it. I understand. I exactly. Understand. So so you were born in Oklahoma, uh, and now before That's I right. get to the life and times uh, of Tyson, uh, you were born in Oklahoma, you live in Oklahoma. I think you're actually the first guest, now that I think about it, that, that I've had on the show from Oklahoma. Hmm. Now, for some reason... I always like to to ask my guests uh, where their favorite places are to eat yes! in their area. I guess I'm I'm slowly creating a list of all my favorite my guests' favorite places to eat around the country, so I can just make a, a zigzag across the country of eating. If I were to fly out to the Sooner State, uh-huh. out of all the eateries in the state, where would you say I need to go? Hmm. Okay. Well, there would be. Two places I would tell you immediately, and, and one is in my hometown, mm-hmm. and Murphy's, it's called Murphy's Steakhouse, but okay. no one really ever, never seen anyone get order steak there. Um, <laughs> what? They have, the, <laughs> they have the original hot hamburger. Mm. It's a piece of toast with a sirloin burger and uh, gravy, brown gravy on top of that, oh, and then yeah. French fries on top of that, and mm. you put ketchup oh, on man. on the whole thing, and it's one of the best things ever, and and it's awesome. And then the other place is in Norman, Oklahoma, and it's called Midway Grocery, mm-hmm. but it's actually the best sandwich shop I've ever eaten in my entire life, and it's the uh, oldest established grocery store in. In that in Norman, Oklahoma, but it, they, but if you go in, you'll see people like Barry Switzer, who's a you know Super Bowl oh, Super yeah. Bowl champion coach, and yeah, and, well, and I so, actually I was and he's there every day. I was gonna oh, go say because I uh, I was uh, going through the old Instagram there, your Instagram feed, and I saw I was like I got a feeling when I asked this question. Midway Deli's going to come up. Yes! He looks like he looks like a frequenter <laughs> yes! of Midway, and then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I saw exactly. I saw the picture there that you took with the uh, with Barry. Uh, looks looks like a really nice guy. Really nice. That's guy a fact. Yeah, he is. He's really nice, and he's been a believe it or not a big uh, champion for the Chainsaw Kittens. Really? Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> his his fishing buddy is. My partner in the kittens, Trent Bell, and so if wow. I'm, you know, he's, he's, I've come in before, and he's there, and he's like, oh my god, this is Tyson, and he's in the Chainsaw Kittens, <laughs> and they've been to Europe, and they are, and they're, they just are the best thing you've, the weirdest thing you've ever seen, the <laughs> best thing you've ever seen, and he's just so nice. Man, yeah, curveball for Barry. You wouldn't think. I mean, I would nope. I would peg him as a uh, you know, a cash 
uh, Waylon Jennings fan. That's what I would see out of out of Switzer. But no, Chainsaw Kittens. Okay, I like it. <laughs> well, uh, now now that I've got the all important food question out of the way, uh, let's get let's get back to the important stuff. Uh, I read uh, and I, I've read several things about uh, your background. And I, I read obviously uh, music was around you all the time growing up, uh, and that was your your big escape. Uh, what, what's your first musical memory that you remember? Hmm. Musical memory, and now it turns out that we don't know if our, our music, musical memories are really memories that we... But I feel like it really is, and that's when I was two years old and the Beatles being on Ed Sullivan, because mm-hmm. it was so... You know, I was the baby in the house, and... You know, along with that, my sister was 16 when I was born, mm-hmm. my oldest, my only sister, oldest sister, and and the story is she would come and grab me when when I was taking a nap, and the Beatles would come on yeah. uh, the radio and yeah. and dance around with me. Well, I read I read uh, Elvis was your first concert back in '72. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was that was that a big deal for you when you went to that concert? Did that that open up some you know doors in your mind as far as uh, uh, performing and as far as what could potentially be in the future? Hmm. I hate to say this, but it absolutely did nothing because it was my <laughs> Elvis was my grandmother's and I love love loved my grandmother. She she was my I was her favorite, and yeah. we went because he was her favorite, and and for me, he was kind of like granny music, you yeah, know, it's like, yeah. you know, he had a comedian open, but then, a few years later, I saw Alice Cooper on the, yeah. well, to my Nightmare Tour, and that is the thing that I thought I was going to just pass out, because <laughs> I was so excited, it really was like, for me, what, I guess what, uh, people going to church, you know, will yeah. it was like me seeing God. It was like, oh it was, my God. It I was the awakening. Yeah. Jeez. The awakening. Yeah. So now, uh, Defenestration was your first band, and you guys started back yeah. in yeah. the the early 80s. Yeah. Um, now that you're, you know, now that Fighting it's... Fighting in 1980, I think. 1980. So now, now that you yeah. are... Th- 30, 39 years from that start, um, and you know some some thirty years from the last album. Uh, what what are the main things you remember from that time? What do you take from that time uh, being in that band? Oh my gosh, I was just talking to this friend of mine who's this really sweet millennial, and and I love, millennial. I'm I'm very much a pro millennial person. Yeah. I know everyone. <laughs> It's like millennials, and I'm like, yeah, millennials are gonna save her. Well, <laughs> well, thank you because on this show we often talk about how millennials. Some reason we get bashed. Some reason it's it's weird. Generation X and millennials get bashed, but baby boomers and this new generation of Generation Z, they do, they do no wrong. Nope. And I'm like, how do these two? Di- we got we got screwed here in the middle, and all of a sudden the two ones on beside us are just raised up. Everybody, anything that goes wrong is a millennial's fault, basically. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. And so millennials, like I, a really sweet friend of mine who's a millennial, he mm-hmm. 
you asked me about that, one of the things I told him that he was like, wow, no way. And I I never even realized that, that you were going to classes, making records, playing shows. I was like, yeah, I, I, I went to college because... It enabled me to be in a band. Yeah. And he's like, but other people, like in the music department, they were wanting to do what you were doing, <laughs> but you weren't even in the music department and you were making albums that were on the charts. I just thought that's how it was done. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so that, I remember just being in college and being really excited about just the excitement of being in LA. Yeah. Uh, being interviewed at these college radio stations and yes! hearing our song on the radio, yeah, I, and and it was and that's what really started my whole journey. You know, uh, my whole like, okay, well, I'll do this now, then. You yeah. know, and and it was that energy that 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 freshness. yeah, it was that, yeah, yeah, nice. Well, before I move on to to the chainsaw kittens, uh, with Defenestration, it's been heavily cited, you know, that Kurt Cobain was was influenced, heavily influenced, and he, he, he liked the band. Say what? Do you remember when you heard that? And, and you know, how, I mean, because, because you were a, a contemporary of his, but at the same time, you know, he's been put up on this, this pedestal as, as uh, you know, basically the voice of that, that generation really do you remember hearing that when somebody told you uh kurt cobain he really he really you know dug your music well you know when i first heard about kurt cobain i was like you know uh being a fan of defenestration or whatever i was like oh that's nice and then it didn't really sink in until the last few years that you know what like oh janice joplin was to me or or you know, or whoever, Led Zeppelin, or Patti Smith, or yeah. the New York Dolls, or Biggie, or whoever, David Bowie especially, is to me, Kurt Cobain is to millions of people. Yeah. And, and that that took a while for me to realize. Yeah, well, um, so you so you mentioned it before, uh, you know, uh, you, you had... Uh, sort of the imploding of defenestration, and you you form new band with this this gang of this gang of high schoolers essentially. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, how how did your outlook as far as the, the, the musically? How did it change hmm. from the two bands when you came in uh, to Chainsaw Kittens? What was you know what was different between this band and the first band as far as saying okay. Here's what we're bringing to the table. I think that I had way more freedom. The kittens was basically my vision. Yeah. And um, and I had the freedom to be as... And, and the guys that hopped on were like, yeah, that's going to be cool. And it really did appeal to their, I think, high school sensibilities, too. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go for the, go for this sort of uh, generation of kids. Yeah. That's right. And uh, and it was, you know, it was an, I don't know if I thought of it as an experiment. It was like truly what, who I was. Yeah. And it was, a, it seemed to be the right time to sort of buck authority and, you know, be rebellious and sort of rebel about, uh, 
uh, against what was going on just on MTV and and the music world. It was really just like kind of the perfect storm of putting a band together. Yeah, yeah. Well, now uh, I see I see this a lot with the Chainsaw Kittens. Uh, it's it's brought up a lot. Uh, you you hear Smashing Pumpkins either about touring with the Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan being a huge fan of what the kittens did, uh, being on their label later as far as Scratchy. Uh, how do you think uh, you guys influenced Smashing Pumpkins, and and how did you or they influence you? Mm. What, what was that sort of symbiotic relationship like? Mm. I think that they, I think we, we, you know, it was never a competition because I think we were always really happy for whatever happened to the other band, Mm -hmm. but it was like they kept our quality control in check. I mean, I think that we, uh, you know, I was like, I can't wait for Billy to hear this song or Anna. I'm sure he was like, oh, I can't wait for Tyson to hear this song or whatever. And, yeah. and I think that we had that sort of thing where they had become so, so, we'd become so close. I was talking to James Yeehaw, about, like, I don't know, it's like a month or so, maybe a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, played a couple of songs with them in, in Tulsa when they were in, in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And, and we were sitting there, I was sitting there talking to James. It was like, you know, it just, it just like filled me with all this flood of emotion that you guys were going to be playing a song with us. And I went back and I listened to your songs and I just, you know, listened to Lonely as China Place. I just loved that song so much. And I just, it just, and I was thinking, yeah, you know, and then I hear a song of theirs like Today or Disarm or any of the songs from uh, Gish. And yeah. I'm just, and it, it's just like we have that and they like just Billy and Jimmy like Billy was just the most enig- enigmatic uh, front man mm-hmm. that I've seen I mean he just like the guitar was just an appendage on his body almost it was so exciting to see them and to really be in the ground floor of seeing their rise and, yeah you know and, and um, <clears throat> it was really exciting that's right and it also seeing them the pumpkins i saw firsthand how wow people really do connect with this on a mass scale yeah and it it gave me hope i guess uh and you know the and i know this wasn't part this wasn't the question though i will go on to say that i'm i'm really fortunate like again when i was talking to james seha he was like oh my gosh You've gone on to, like, you moved to China, like, you had this adventure, and we've been, you know, we've been on this rock and roll treadmill, yeah. and you've been out, like, you were living in China for several years, I mean, who does that? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, I, I just, I got all these opportunities to do these things that that were almost out of a, and I, and I stopped, at one point I stopped drinking and drugging and all that stuff, and, yeah. and that third in my head where I could really go on these massive adventures yeah. and just embrace them and just dive into them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to that in just a second, actually, uh, the decision as far as, as going sober. Um, but, uh, 
but I wanted to ask you. I see in a lot of in, in a lot of articles uh, about defenestration and chainsaw kittens. Sometimes in parentheses, right beside your name, it'll have openly gay singer mm. uh, in 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 parentheses. But uh, being yeah. gay never appeared to be like a, a banner for you. Something you felt like you needed to advertise, and and it seemed like in a couple of articles I read, it almost. It almost frustrated you or, or made you angry with the way that they were framing it in the media as far as just like this trying to make it like like a banner. Did you ever get that way, you know, frustrated or angry because of the way that they were sort of, you know, boxing this, uh, your, your sexuality in as far as the way that they were advertising it? Yeah, yeah, you know, it was, it, it, like, I had an example from last night of... Uh, I'm watching TV and, mm-hmm. and I'm with my friend who's heterosexual and, yeah. and and we're watching Forensic Files and, and they were talking about this, uh, he went to these gay clubs and he was gay and, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. and and my friend pointed out, he's like, they didn't say that about the last person in the last episode <laughs> thing. and he was heterosexual and he got married to an heterosexual, you know, and it was, yeah. and it was, it just, it was very... At the time, and still to some extent, when when I have, uh, you know, when I, I like being called the gay friend is like, well, don't I have? Am I that one dimensional that that's <laughs> all you think of me as being? I mean, I, I, I yeah. feel like I have so much more, yes! and and it's frustrating. But at the same time, it's like recently I'm I'm finishing it right now. I'm doing a a essay on. The Alice Cooper Billion Dollar Babies album, which came out in 1973, mm-hmm. and he, up to then, he and the Alice Cooper group were really because Bowie hadn't really cracked Mid American, and uh, Elton John was still playing songs like Your Song and and you know Daniel, yeah, and, and those kind of songs, and and people think of him as being this you know, trailblazer, but it was really Alice Cooper who said, yeah, I have my bisexual side and all this. And he was just doing it for a gas, really. Yeah. But for people like me, going to this little country school in in Oklahoma, yeah. you, you see someone like Alice Cooper and and, uh, and the principal of our school, who was also the gym teacher and also just like this John Wayne wannabe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was like, I have hope that there's someone not like this guy that has you know gets thrills out of you know whipping boys you know for smarting off or whatever you know and so i figure part of it is that okay especially in the chainsaw kittens i would get uh letters and and phone calls because it was the time of the landline and i was (laughs) listed in the phone book from (laughs) from these kids and I'd always, you know, talk to them for a little bit, and they'd be like, yeah, I'm not popular. And, and I'm like, well, do you have a couple of friends? And they're like, yeah. I said, that's all you need. You don't need to be popular. Be popular later if you want to be. But yeah. high school, junior high, don't worry about it. Yeah. And so, and and I had, um, you know, just that sort of experience, like yeah. a very, uh, I, I guess, a very organic experience with listeners, fans, what, whatever you want to, uh, however you want to 
uh, a problem. Yeah. It, it just was like, okay, my 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 job is done. Or my job, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I set out to do. Yeah, well, so so you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the Chainsaw Kittens, they, they broke up uh, in about 2001. And you, you actually took somewhat after that uh, a step back from music uh in, in those years following you got uh you got sober um you yeah. decided to step yeah. away from the drugs and alcohol um what what was the what was the key point that made you say you know what i should i should probably stop you know i had a friend who i had just moved to new york and i was staying with him and his wife in their apartment mm-hmm and he he's a drinker, and I would bring, and he wasn't drinking to the extent that I was, and I I was bringing a bottle of vodka in every night, mm-hmm. and he sat me down and he was like, "If you're sat, I'm not watching you kill yourself. I'm not watching you, you know, like do this. Yeah. If you're gonna do if you if you're gonna stay with us, you're not doing this because I'm not gonna watch you kill yourself." And and it was almost like my fairy godmother hit me on the head and was like, hey, you don't have to be Mr. Party anymore. You can you can be who you really are. You can be someone else or you can be anything. And and it really was like a magic moment. That's right. Yeah, it, 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 that was it. I mean, that was really it. And then and then I had more like um, I had affirmation from other friends when I was with them that they really wanted to be around the sober me because the sober me was actually just as much fun and, and less uh, maddening, you know, way less maddening. Less to deal with. Um, so you, way you, less to deal with, yeah. You you took a step back, like I said, and you actually, you were an English professor Wait, uh, at uh, John Jay College of Criminal Justice at LaGuardia Community College in New York. And then you decide, why well, do this in New York? When I could do this in Shanghai, hmm. and yeah, you yeah, exactly. you go you go to Shanghai. The first thing I got to ask: Do did you know how to speak Chinese when you went to, um, to China? Uh, I didn't know anything about the Chinese culture at all. <laughs> so you just said, I didn't even, eh, "I'll wing it." Yeah, I absolutely. I was like. You know, why spoil it? You know. <laughs> now, in a, in a few short years from just teaching, y- you were the dean of students what? for a school in China. H- how do you become the dean of students? I mean, that seems like a really big jump. It was a very Lawrence of Arabia type thing where I was just at the perfect place at the perfect time. And they, they this company that placed me mm-hmm. also uh, also launched these international schools and the Chinese man who was the you know head of the company mm-hmm. and who started the company he really loved me because he could just put me somewhere and not have to worry about me doing what I was put there to do and so they I had this opportunity. They were launching a school, and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a huge school. It was a very, it was a small school, but they were, they were like, we need you to be the face, and the, you know, the you're you're going to be the dean of yeah. this school. You and yes! I 
said, okay. And, and some of it was that I'd stayed, like a lot of uh, expats that go to China will stay for a year, yeah. and then they'll leave. But I, you know, every time my contract at the end of each year, my contract would be up, and uh, and they would, uh, you know, they would like double my salary or something. Yeah. Say, hey, you really do want to stay, don't you? And I, I thought, well, you know, and 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 I loved, I loved my Chinese experience. And at one point, I met my uh, the uh, Hapajay, who's the yeah. uh, the Chinese violinist. He was a student, yes! and it was sort of like the sky opened and. Because we, he played violin for me, and he had that thing that you know that you'd say like Billy Corgan or whoever has that it's like there's something there's a gift beyond his talent yeah. that is inside him, and so I, uh, and it took me like I, I fought it and fought it, and it took me a few years to actually go, okay, I'm going to make a record with, and really feature this guy, and, and that was. Um, I, 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 I recorded one song mm. that later was put out on a, as a single, but then that's how Tomorrow in Progress came about because yeah. I just wanted people to hear him, and 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 from that I got back into the you know the, yeah uh, making records and, and such. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I noticed I noticed as far as uh, your Chinese experience, that would seem to be sort of the crux of the the trip when you met Hafa J and it sort of it, it it sparked that creativeness again yes! that that thing that you brought up in defenestration as far as the energy being there and the the energy of meeting the the high schoolers that were going to make up the chainsaw kittens that came back yeah when when, when yeah exactly you've been rebooted basically like a computer where it's like oh it's got new hardware okay yeah. here here we go, you know, yeah, and, this, and the Chinese experience gave me the, like, just like hardware from another planet to write music, yeah. and, and it completely um, sort of turned me upside down in the way I thought of writing a song. I think the first song that I wrote for Tomorrow in Progress was... Uh, uh, Chinese space station worker yeah. Ramona's song, and uh, that was like a whole new way for me to write. Where I just started with these bleeps and blips, and it became a song, you know. And yeah. then half a day comes in halfway through, and is um, just gives the song this whole sort of orchestral element, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's right. So. Uh, last year you actually so we we came back from China, uh, and you ran for the fifth congressional district in Oklahoma. Wait, what? I I almost feel like this was to add just to just to add to the wacky list of things done. Like first, <laughs> first I'll be a lead singer of two two uh, influential bands. Then I then I'll go to Shanghai and. Yeah, why not? Let's throw in a run for Congress. You got you got to let me know what what made you decide on on running for Congress. Okay, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm I was not really a political person so much until the until our current um, 
administration and, and, the, and the things that really locally or in Oklahoma that made me uh, get up in arms was the teacher walkout. Yeah. The teachers were being treated by the state government and by our governor uh, saying, oh, they're spoiled. And it's like they want a, new, a teenager wanting a new car. And, and it's like, no, they're not making a living wage, you yeah. idiot. Basically. <laughs> and uh, kind of feel... It, it, I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, torn in that way because I got an accommodation from Mark Kepner for the change bucket and yeah. you know uh, contrib- contribution to Oklahoma or whatever. But but at the same time, it's like how can this even be? And, so true. And it, and I didn't really know about uh, someone. You know, someone was like, yeah. Uh, just actually a random Facebook person said, hey, you should run for office. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm going to run for office. And, I, you know, and, and, and I went in with the attitude because the funny thing, the same millennial who millennial. asked me about Chainsaw Kittens yeah. was helping me. And we got on Wikipedia. We actually got on Wikipedia. Whoa, you would actually be in Washington. I'm like, <laughs> I would. So that's how much I knew about what I was running for. But Let's Google this. More, See what's going on with this. Girl, come on. Yeah, let's Google what I'm doing. And, you know, Google is your friend. Yeah. And so, um, so basically, I mean, I helped. Um, I guess publicize the conversation because I got lots of lots of traction, um, whatever, with the me- local media because I'm kind of the Oklahoma darling in this weird way. Yeah, because I am not what you think of when you think of Oklahoma, and so that's been a really like the flaming lips are not what you think of when you think of Oklahoma, but now. Right. When you think of uh, Oklahoma, you do think of the Flaming Lips. And so I've got that same thing. And so the thing was, I absolutely, actually accomplished what I was doing. Yes. I wanted to unseat Steve Russell, who manufactures guns and is in part of the gay conversion therapy yeah. uh, believers, you know. And I was like, we, this is not what Oklahoma is now. And, That's and right. so... When I was running for my campaign, I became friends with Kendra Horn, who who won, uh, you know, in the, who actually won the seat. Nice. Uh, and I became friends with uh, Elizabeth Britt, who's transgender, mm-hmm. and I was a Marine, and 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 that's what to me Oklahoma is. And and actually, I'm believed that she's actually that she is the one yeah. helping to make laws and, and because I once I was in it I was like wow there's going to be a huge learning curve for me <laughs> and I you know and I'll, I, I will I'll fight for my district and everything if I win but why don't we why don't we elect someone who's actually qualified <laughs> and is, is going to do a really good job yes! she is absolutely what Oklahoma needs and I got to meet a lot of great people and then I got to I got to witness people that would just freak out on me because you know they could take all they could take all their frustrations on Oklahoma 
out on me. And yeah. I was like, whoa, I'm on your side. <laughs> Jeez. You're like, I just Googled this last week. Come on. Jeez. Yeah, I just Googled this last week and realized I'm, it's like a federal position. I've got some things to learn here. Hold on a second. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, the 5th Congressional District got a, uh, a good uh, representative in Kendra, uh, Ken, Kendra. That was good. Yes! That was good. I, I am too. And, and the thing is, I got I got five thousand five hundred votes, and mm-hmm. a lot of those votes, uh, or maybe not a lot of them, but quite a few of them, I would say, were new voters. I had eighteen-year-olds coming up and going, "Oh, you know," because and it coincided with the Chainsaw Kitten Scratchy album yeah. had just come out for as a record store day yeah. thing, and all these kids uh, like looked on us like we were this new band that had bought the rest <laughs> what? and they're like oh my god that singer is running for congress i'm going to register to vote <laughs> you know and so so i feel like i got odor you know i got i brought new voters in and and all this we want to do to you know keep our democracy going you yeah know? yeah very nice very nice well so yeah. I've winded my way up to the re-release of, of Robbing the Nuclear Family, which is on March 22nd this year. Uh, as far as the album goes, I noticed there, there are a lot of, uh, it seems to be there are a lot of, uh, you know, guest appearances, a lot of collaborations, a lot of c- contributions to this album. What you know? What sort of uh, contribution or, or, or uh, you know collaboration are you most excited about? The thing that really, um, my friend David Emmergluck, I, I, I call him Emmy. Yeah, Emmy is his name. But David Emmergluck, um, who's in Camper Van Beethoven, and he's also in The Counting Crows. Yeah, he loved my. He loved Tomorrow in Progress, and he's also a big Kittens fan. Yeah, and he had told me Tomorrow. And Progress was one of his favorite records of the year. And I thought, oh, cool. And so then when I was working on you know, Robbing the Nuclear Family, yeah. I thought, hey, you know, I have the song Confused 22. Mm-hmm. And if I send it to you, you know, I've, I've got the basics. I've got my vocals. I've got the 12-string kind of uh, Led Zeppelin thing, almost kind of Led Zeppelin, the Beatles thing going on. And, mm-hmm. and this is what I want. It's like... I want it to be like John Lennon is takes a time machine into the Led Zeppelin three session, and then Ricky Lee Jones and Black Francis from the Pixies show up, and they all get into a fist fight. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. What? <laughs> so, so I sent him Confused Twenty Two, and he sent it back to me, and it was exactly what I. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. What? And so we. Uh, I went to LA and finished the record and, and with Clay Blair um, mixing and and it was it was just this really exciting sort of old time way that I hadn't done um, in like the mid nineties. I mean the last time that I'd really you know, on the scratchy record we'd mixed it in New York, but you know, on, on Pop Eras and the Chainsaw Kittens we'd that was an album that we completely did in LA, so yeah, it had this old sort of LA feel to it. That there's this thing that I love about LA that it's like New York, where there's only one New York and there's only one LA, yeah. and you cannot, they cannot be uh, 
they they can't be they they're not equaled. They they are significant. They are unique in in their in their creation. There is only one LA. Yeah, yes. it can't be it can't be remade. Nope. I, I I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it can't be remade. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know you got LA with Chateau, Maman or whatever, and then you got New York with all of its New Yorkness. No, definitely, definitely. Well, I noticed I saw a uh, an acoustic version. Of uh, nuclear forest dance boogie, you did you did just playing the piano, um, yeah. And and I gotta say, I was a, I was a huge fan of the song just just stripped down like that. Have you have you thought That's about right. just maybe releasing that song like that? Because I I really thought it, it, it the the ideas the lyrics really came through. And I mean, I love the original version, but uh, that that was a great a great way to uh, to to show the to show the song. Oh my gosh, I think you've been reading my mind and not to get ahead of ourselves. My, <laughs> I think my next album, I'm going to do like a very limited uh, vinyl release. It'll be, we're talking maybe a hundred copies yeah. of vinyl. And, and it's going to be, I'm thinking of putting uh, kitten songs and, and, the, and then just covers that uh, I do, putting... Uh, P.S. Nuclear Forest Dance Boogie, you know, and and I, I and because I had that same uh, sort of epiphany or, or realization, yes! and 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 that song is a perfect um, example of my soundscape. Say, and then I sat down and got on the piano, and then I was like, "Oh, it's D G," and then I'm just writing D, and then it's D F at the yeah. end, and I was like. Oh, and it was like the really first song that I figured out without knowing chords already, you know, preconceived yeah. what the chords were. And it really had, it It does have a new life. And I'm, I'm and that makes me so happy that you, that you, uh, yeah. that you caught, like that you saw that because it really, to me, it hit me that same way. It's like, wow, this song, you know, before it was, you know, this certain thing. And now it's a whole other thing and the, and the words are more you know you really yeah you you they're see more brought, they're brought to life exactly you see and and i, I see that a lot and you know in in a lot of other uh people's music you know you it depends on like you were saying how you created it originally yeah it, it it's made me like sitting down at the piano and and especially figuring out that song it makes me like the piano i I've just play, been playing the piano, like where I've learned chords and such, mm -hmm. the last couple of years. So it's my new, it's my new uh, frontier of sorts. And I, I think part of that, it, it is the same sort of excitement that I had when the kittens started, and and when I met Jay in China, and then now I'm excited to have this new instrument definitely it, it opens it opens up so many doors and anytime you're 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 looking at music through a different instrument for sure yes! for sure uh exactly. last question what, what okay. would you awesome. say the theme of this album is what do you want people to take uh from robbing the nuclear family hmm. there's a couple of things one is that i have absolutely come to terms with who i am mm -hmm. uh like robbing the nuclear family it's funny that title came from uh, my friend troy who sings on 
tiniest of guys and and uh is and I dedicated tiniest of guys to him. He, yes! uh, he we were talking <laughs> we were talking about he, he was asking me and he's a I think he's like a millennial. He's I think he would be a millennial. Millennial. So maybe he's like the after the millennials. I'm not sure. Yes! He was and, and he was very like uh you know he's a, a, a heterosexual young heterosexual man and he was like so he was asking me he just wanted that so like people want to know kind of the dirt <laughs> yeah. about my sex life and and so he was asking me and i told him well this is what happens a guy breaks up with his girlfriend or you know hus- husband leaves his wife and they somehow i wind up with them and he's like oh my god you're not robbing the cradle you're robbing the nuclear family. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you just named my new record. <laughs> it was just perfect. Yeah. And so I wrote, he's the candy, you know, the kind of the title track after that. And in that, being, you know, the guy who's kind of on the outside looking in because no matter what, you know, I mean, we're not a, a homosexuals and transgender and, you know, our whole group are sort of still on the outside looking in. So it's, it's our, it's that with, and the theme would be the con- continual search for home. Like, yeah. uh, Grand Sons of the Empire is definitely, and just trying to find who we are and where home is. But, but, but I'm, I'm really like, but the album, I get to like, air all my grievances but then i'm also really hopeful like i said about millennials i yeah. just feel like millennials. millennials Steve Russell, who conceded to kendra horn said well it's a millennial's fault that she got in and i'm like <laughs> that's why i love the millennials you know? <laughs> say what hooray hooray for the millennials hooray. and an album for the millennials i love it i love it yes! uh tyson Thanks. we are up against a break but i want to thank you so much for being on the show today Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been, if not the best interview, one of the best interviews ever. Thank you so much. It's really opened my brain. You've made my day by saying that. Listeners, keep a lookout for Robbing the Nuclear Family, March 22nd. You can check uh, in with Tyson at TysonMead.com or follow him on Instagram at T. T. Mead. Uh, good follow. Very, uh, like I said, a good good acoustic uh, breakdowns of some great songs, some great classics. Uh, right now, let's take a listen to Confuse 22 that he mentioned just a few minutes ago, right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back. Tyson Mead on the show. My goodness. My goodness. What a what an interview, Justin. Man, Did you hear interesting that? guy, man. Very, very interesting that? guy. Did you hear that at the end? He said that was the best interview he's been a part yes! of. That's right. Dude, you do you do these things, man. That that's all little, you. That put a little feather in my cap. I'm Did you cry? I weeped for at least an hour and a half. Wait, okay, what? Okay, that's I lied. For three that's days not, straight. So that's not true. I didn't do that. But I was very excited. And as I was telling you when the song, when his song was playing there, Confused 22, um, I, I I felt like there were a lot of parallels from one of my other favorite guests, Travis Meadows. Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, these guys are close to the same age. I mean, they're both in their mid to late 50s. They both led these crazy lives. I mean, you know. They got to hang out. Tyson's had to go against the, the current being openly gay basically his whole life. Travis Meadows had cancer to start off his life, had to have his God. leg amputated. Crazy I mean, stuff. Tyson was in two influential bands. Uh, Travis uh, wrote songs for some of the biggest uh, country singers in the world. Then Tyson goes off to Shanghai. Travis travels the world as a, as a preacher. They both are, are alcoholics. They both go sober. I mean, crazy. Tyson Pretty runs crazy. for office. I mean, just just nuts, Hey, wait, man. hold on. I just found out. Hmm. What's that? Tyson Mead, Travis, Travis Meadows. Travis Meadows, TMs, dude. yes. TM, yes. dude. TMs, there's something in the initials, man. There's oh something my in the god. Initials. But hats off to Tyson Mead. Hats off to Travis Meadows, even though it wasn't a show. Both of them. Yeah. Uh, Just shout outs to him. Both of them. Shout outs to Travis Meadows and, yeah, and hats yeah. off to Tyson Mead for let's, coming on this show. Go, baby. I'm sending him out a shirt. A shirt's going his way. That's right. Do it. That's right. Anyways, Justin, it's time. Are you ready for the last birthday suit? Mm. Hit me with it, dude. Okay. Born on March 6, 1994. Jeez. Mm. Wow. Young Buck. Young Buck. In Flower Mound, Texas. Flower Mound, Texas. Uh, from a young age, our birthday suit wearer loved basketball. He played for Edward S. Marcus High School and averaged 15.1 points, 9.2 rebounds, 5 assists his senior year. He was named a McDonald's All-American and chose to go to Oklahoma State. He left after two years to go to the NBA. Is this Marcus Smart? Boom! Marcus Smart got it off of the Oklahoma State. Nicely done. He Nicely was a beast done. in Oklahoma State. Got into a little trouble there with the, you know the what? fan. One, I applauded we won't talk him. About that. I applauded him on that yeah. because that fan said some racist things, and he deserved racist to be thrown stuff, out. Yes! He said racist things, and he should have been thrown out of that arena for sure. Yes! And so I, I was like, hey, you go, Marcus. You do what you need to do. You, you're, you're, you're performing. You don't need that on your head. And Seriously. he went, he went to. The Celtics, and they, you know, they drafted him. They drafted him six overall, and people were like, I think that's too high. But I think he's proved his worth. He's yeah, proved yeah. his worth, man. I think he's, he was like a little late bloomer, but then he, he he got into it, man. 
Well, he's the cleanup man. Everything you can count on him. He's going to be there. He's going to do it. You know, he's going to, I mean, you need somebody to dive on the floor. That's him. That's right. He's a little bulldog, to, man. A little, little he, bull. I loved, uh, let's see, not, was it, yeah, not this year, but actually last year, hmm. uh, right after Christmas, or oh, it was on Christmas, uh, Houston versus the Celtics. Uh, they were down by like 30 to Houston, and Marcus Smart was like the only one playing after halftime, and he was playing his guts out, and they came all the way back, yes. and he... James Harden something off fierce. Wait, what? And he was he got like two technicals. James uh, James Harden almost got thrown out, but you're right. Bulldog never stopped, man. Nope. Never stopped. He was all up in his face. He got everybody on their feet at the I garden. Like it him. was yes! it was yeah, he's a he's a hype man. He's like he's like Noah was back in the day at the Bulls. Oh, he's like yeah, Joe yes! Kim Noah was. They're both bulldog. I mean different Different positions, obviously, but they don't Same stop. Same animal. They don't stop. It's going to keep coming at you for sure. Happy birthday to Marcus Smart. Happy birthday, uh, Marcus. RIP to his mother for sure. Uh, have a good birthday, Marcus. Um, Justin, that's it. That's all Man, we got. This is it, dude. But we've got some great shows coming up, of course. I'm very excited. This was a good one. We've got he New Smith. segment. New segment, great guest. You can't ask for more. Great tunes. I mean, you could ask for a little bit more with Dave here, but, you know, yes! he'll be here next to the show. Yeah, do he'll what you got to do. He'll be here. Yes! He'll be here. But we've got we've got Big Thunder and the Rumblefish coming. Um, very excited. He's Smith, my old friend, my old compadre. He's going to be talking to me. Very excited. We're going to have tunes from them. Then next week after that, we've got a great band coming on. We've got Hey Rosetta. Yes! Big time guest. Hey Rosetta. Stone. Yeah, you know you know how big they are. How big? They got they got a blue check on Instagram. What? That's Woo! how big. Yeah. Yeah. Verified. They got that verified status. Big deals. Big deals. You know that's that you know you know that's fancy when that comes on. That's you Phil know. Collins status. That's that's Phil Collins that status is. right there. That is. Um, of course we've got NBA man coming back at the end of March. We've got none nice. other. Then Mr. Claude Fly Till I Die Lathan to talk about those upcoming playoffs. Very exciting. Woo, but woo. nonetheless, listeners, stick with us. We're, we're going to be back next week stronger than ever. We're going to be here. Big Thunder, Rumblefish, the trio, it's all going to be happening. Yes! Uh, but until next time, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Justin, Virgin Bat, Evangelista. It's been an honor, listeners. It has. And until next time, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.